It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the CFPs on the program. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. You know, the decisions you make in one area of your financial life can impact other areas of your finances too, whether you intended it or not. Yep. So today we're going to be sharing some examples of these seemingly disconnected areas of your financial life that can impact each other. And uh, we're going to be helping with that and more on this episode. The and more is questions. We've got a full question bank of questions submitted from fans of the show. We're going to hit that later on in the program. If you have a question, we'd love to hear from you. If you need any help, we're happy to do that as well. You can reach out to us a few different ways. Call or text 574-222-2000. It's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com, then all of our social media, wherever you're at. We are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show and engage with us that way. All right. You need a comprehensive approach to your financial life. Josh, the only thing I would change about what you just said, wow, you have a lot of notes. Every show. I got excited <laughs> about this show. I got to warn you. So every show is truly <laughs> organic. Like like we've got a, hey, he, here's what we want to talk about, but there's no script or anything. And Josh, Josh tends to over-prepare. You, you laid out a very interesting question, though, and... I don't know. It got me excited. Good. I think we could make a very nerdy game out of this. <laughs> Maybe some cards and mo- matching up. That is most <laughs> most shows, some sort of nerdy game. But but every show is really about how you need to take a proactive or a, a proactive but comprehensive approach to your financial life. Josh, the thing I would have changed is you say, uh, I think you said something like, decisions can influence other areas. No, they do. You make a decision in one area of your financial life, seemingly innocent, I'm going to sign up for that health insurance. Wham, it's going to impact other areas of your financial life. It, it, it will. Okay, so we're going to shine the light in some of those areas, some, some of those seemingly disconnected areas of your financial life so that you are aware that they're connected and then can make better decisions. No substitute for a financial plan and working with a CFP, but just pointing some of that out. I might even share my favorite analogy with you as well. So let's get into the very first one, and I'm just going to tease it out there. Okay, we'll talk about this one first, and that is that is protection planning and taxes. So health insurance and taxes. How might those areas, a few, be seemingly like that's totally different your health insurance decision doesn't impact your taxes well it does let's talk about a couple of those ways well one of the ways we're we're always excited to talk about is the hsa and this doesn't apply to everybody but um you know the hsa is one of the best tax shelters out there even though we think of it as yes maybe a tool for prepaying some of your uh your health expenses or setting aside money to eventually cover those expenses but it's also a place for you to save money for the long term. You can let these dollars grow, invest them for the future, and they're growing without being taxed along the way. Yep. So it's a fantastic tool. Not only gives you a tax deduction in the year that you make your contribution, whether that's coming out of your paycheck, which we prefer, or you just fund it by pulling money out of one account and shifting it over into this health savings account. In those cases, you're taking a deduction on your actual tax return. You need to make sure it's there and doesn't get missed and everything. But it, it's giving you upfront tax savings. It's giving you savings as it sits in the account and is hopefully growing. And then when you pull money out, 
in the future to reimburse yourself for for qualified medical expenses, you get it tax free again. Yeah. So it's wonderful. This this show we could do an entire show about the HSA. We've done that before, but if you have that as an option for your health insurance, then you're going to want to take a look and see well should I consider this option? What would the tax benefits be? We've done that cost analysis for folks to help them decide whether they should do a traditional or comprehensive plan versus an HSA. Right. And the question is, does it really, if I make a, a decision to fund an HSA, does it really impact several areas of my financial life? And there are six formal areas of financial planning. Well, it, it, it affects my affects my present financial position. Cash flow, for sure. My present, mm-hmm. my protection planning. Yep. Because it it may impact in the future, depending on how whether I use these dollars real time or I uh, pile them up for a future date. It, that future date, it'll impact what kind of choices I have when I'm selecting my health insurance in the future. Mm-hmm. It gives me tax benefits today. Yeah, and there is a tax benefit, although not really realized when I take the money out. But I could uh, invest the money; that yeah. would then affect my investment planning area, and then retirement planning. Yeah. Well, and let's not talk. Let's not forget. You can add a beneficiary. You should add a beneficiary to these dollars. And how do they work? If you pass away with all this money in an HSA, what what happens there? I mean, this specific example, and it's not unique impacts all six areas of your financial life. We could camp out on the HSA. We're not going to. The other way or another way that your protection plan or health insurance is connected with your taxes is Affordable Care Act Mm -hmm. or healthcare.gov or Obamacare or however you affectionately prefer, you know, prefer to, you know, refer to this. Refer to this thing. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So the amount that you pay for your premium is based on your tax situation. And these are tax credits you get in advance to reduce your the, the premium that you pay on a monthly basis. And if you don't do great tax planning or you get a tax surprise, you could pay all of that additional premium back when you file your taxes. So they're very much interrelated there. That's exactly right. And that's why your health insurance uh, specialist who's helping you choose what what is the right policy to select out on the marketplace, they need to have a lifeline out to either your CPA or your certified financial planner to consider what what is your income going to be the following year when they're when they're making estimates on uh, what your income is going to be they need to be accurate so that they're getting those premiums right and you don't have a surprise down the road yeah I'd flip the question Mike the original question you asked is how does your health insurance impact your tax return because the question we're dealing with right now is how does my tax return impact my health insurance right because my tax return will dictate how much I pay for health insurance and it's a little bit complicated but there's an advanced premium tax credit so when I declare that my income is going to be X they're going to price the plan if it's at the thousand dollar a month plan they're going to say Kevin you only have to pay five hundred dollars a month because of your income right but mm-hmm. if your income turns out to be different which it likely will unless you're you know in, in, unless you can predict the future right. if you can <laughs> I mean buy a lottery ticket or do some other stuff yeah so there's a true up when your taxes are prepared and that's where we've seen it, it, it's not uncommon to see a kind of a nasty surprise oh, and yeah. we've seen people write checks for ten thousand dollars pushing all of the advanced premium tax credit back to the IRS. Let me sneak another one past the goalie here. There, there's a ton of ways that your health insurance and your taxes are connected. But since we're still within tax season, we see small businesses, self-employed individuals mm-hmm. miss 
the self-employed health insurance deduction all the time. That's right. All the time. And as common as it is for someone to hang a shingle or do something, you don't even have to hang a shingle anymore. You just have to post a website, right? And you're in business. And that allows you potentially to get a deduction of your health insurance on the front page of your tax return that it's just missed all the time, especially if you're turbo taxing it. Yeah. And this affects so many people. There's 23 million sole proprietors in the U.S. who have hung that shingle, as you said. And they, they many of them uh, are paying for their own health insurance premiums and maybe not getting the right deduction or they're trying to take it uh, on a Schedule A, which is where you would itemize other deductions. It's better than that for a, a small business owner in this way. Yeah. Don't miss it. Right. And and I would just point out, you know, TurboTax and you're doing taxes online can be faster. It can be, you know, you don't have to talk to anyone. So you might prefer to do that. Guys, it's hit, it's hitting the easy button on a tax situation so that there's no planning or no creativity or no enhancements that's done. So it might feel more efficient or whatever. It's not going to give you the, uh, uh, the best result. Okay, so there are planning opportunities that you're going to want to work through with your CFP. Ton of other areas or ways that your financial life is connected. We're going to hit that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What are some of the ways that your that a financial decision, seemingly innocent financial decision, is going to impact other areas of your financial life. Listen, it will. Okay, so let's point out some of those so that you can be more aware, planful, and all that. There you go, number four. All right, uh, this is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. Wherever you listen, go check that out. Search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it there, and then rate the program. We appreciate that. So the analogy, this is my favorite, is uh, if uh, if you've never seen the Lego movie, I would encourage you to do that. And then I'd also tell you, spoiler alert, uh, I'll tell you some of the premise. So the big idea is in this Lego made up Lego world, all these Lego people can only build things off of an instruction booklet. And which I thought was very creative when they came up with that, right? Because you and I, we didn't build stuff off of instruction booklets. Sometimes mm-hmm. there'd be a booklet in there, we'd throw it out and we'd just build what we wanted. Well, things have evolved since then, and, th- and so did this Lego people. They only build stuff based off of instructions. But there's this underground group of people in this Lego movie, and they're called master builders, where they can look at anything and see how this. Uh, brick with this thing, with this thing, and they can create whatever they want because they can just see things that the regular Lego people cannot see. And I always share that analogy with new CFPs or new future advisors at KFG because that's what that's what your CFP should be. They should be a master builder. That's what we have at KFG. Someone that can look at your financial information and see things that connect that other people just cannot see. So we're helping to reveal some of those to you right now. So we talked about health insurance and taxes. What else? What are some other ways, guys? Well, you know, one of the reasons why certified financial planners can find connections is because they get to peer into a lot of people's lives and see, uh, you know, where decisions in one area have an impact, sometimes an unintended consequence in another area. And so I'm always listening for, uh, you know, especially people who are way down the road in life, they're, they're further along, more experienced, and they've gained some wisdom sometimes by the, the school of hard knocks. And anytime someone who's 
who's older, wiser, maybe a senior, a retiree, they share a regret of any kind. Uh, man, I, I file that away, and I, I want to pass that along to as many people as possible. And I'll never forget uh, a new climb. This was years ago, but with tears in her eyes, she was just sharing so much regret on the amount of debt that they were still carrying in retirement. And so if, if you were going to draw a connection between someone's personal financial life and their retirement picture... Present, you, present financial situation. Yeah, sorry, yeah, pre- yeah. present financial position. Thank you. Um, there's cash flow is one of the things that we often talk about in retirement and cash flow is directly impacted by how much debt or how many obligations someone has when they get into retirement isn't that it's it's a mental hurdle as we as we're working with someone that's approaching retirement they saved up a million a couple million bucks and we're trying to talk to them about their cash flow there's often a, a hurdle we need to get over because they're like what are you talking about I don't need a budget or why are we talking about three bank account system or why are we talking about a debt service strategy? I've saved up. I've only been focusing on building this mountain of piling up as many dollars as I can. Why are you talking to me about spending? And it's for this very reason, Josh. That's exactly right. I actually looked this up. There's 10 million Americans over age 65 that still have a mortgage. Oh. And about half of people going into retirement expect that they're going to go in still burdened with some kind of debt. And so each one of those those uh, liabilities, those debts that are out there, has a payment attached to it. And if life kind of gets tight financially, it's those payments that are just kind of rock solid in there. You, you can't just not make your mortgage payment even when you're in retirement. But a, a lot of people, they don't want to have a budget. They don't want to have... Um, you know, constraints on their finances when they get to retirement, because these are supposed to be the golden years. You know, I, I had to budget, I had to scrimp and save throughout my whole working career. And now when I get to retirement, I still have to do it. Well, yeah, you do. Uh, if you want to make sure that the money's going to last as long as, as you need it to. And that's an important part of the planning for retirement. How much do you need to have accumulated? Part of it much of it is dependent on how much are you going to be spending. I mean, there's five factors that come into play when you're trying to figure out whether you can retire and retire with confidence. We call it a five-factor retirement plan. And and the second factor is spending. And, you know, some sometimes it's, yep, we got to be disciplined with the budget. This can work. And, 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 you know, we're working with clients on that. Other times it's, well, it doesn't need to be as disciplined. But listen, if, if you say, yeah, in retirement, I'm going to spend seven grand. But in reality, you you spend ten a month. That's not going to work, right? Then then you just got a false positive. The retirement plan that we built said this can work, and yet reality is very different, and and it actually doesn't work. So that's one of the reasons why uh, that is so important. The other part is figuring out. I think that was me, guys. Uh, the other the other part that you're talking about, Josh, is debt management. When you're coming into retirement with debt, trying to figure out, well, do I just continue to milk it and make that payment? Should I take a chunk out of my IRA or retirement to chunk this stuff down? And uh, or, or what's the approach here? Now, we're talking about present financial position and retirement, but the answer there includes a third area, and that's tax planning. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to be in the 12% tax bracket for a while until you hit required minimum distribution, we might want to chunk some dollars out of your IRA and choose to pay 12% on those dollars of tax 
and chunk that down in your mortgage to get that thing paid off. Yeah, but that's where you really want to have a great financial plan because it might make sense to carry that debt until you die. Yeah, right. And so because it, based on your income, you, it might make sense. Now, I'm, I'm not a fan of debt, but debt is a tool. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at that and you say, well, if I've got a mortgage on the house and what's going to happen uh, when that happens, there's even called a reverse mortgage. If the only place that I have money is the equity in my house, I can actually back some of that out and spend it in retirement. Again, I, am I advocating for that strategy? Absolutely not. But I do want you to know it's a tool in the toolbox. That's right. And, and you shouldn't feel defeated or like you, you mess something up just because you get to retirement with a mortgage. Not all 10 million uh, retirees with, with a mortgage have regret attached to it. For some, it may have been the very best strategy and uh, maybe it's funding a second house or something, you know? Yeah. And if, you, if you've got two pensions and two social securities and a good chunk of investments, then having debt isn't the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But this is where you want to make your f- financial decisions in the context of a financial plan, not in a vacuum. Because in a vacuum, if you asked me, hey, I've got a mortgage on my house and I want to retire in two years, what should I do? I'd tell you, hey, get that thing paid off before you retire. Right, right, right. So I, so don't don't make your financial decisions in a vacuum. It's, um, it's yeah. It sucks. (laughs) So uh, I think this is a topic that we're probably going to be hitting more of because with housing values going way up, as you're approaching retirement, you might have been thinking, yeah, we're going to get out of this house that we raised the kids in. And and then you might have seen how prices have gone up and said, okay, well, now's not the right time. We're going to make that change. And now it might be settling in that, oh, yeah, stink. These prices are not coming down. And therefore, to make this move, I'm going to have to take on some debt. And that's probably something we're going to be be discussing more. What else? Let, let's talk about some other areas of your financial life that are at least at least inter, introduce a topic. I throw out uh, the connection between how you have your investments structured and your uh, protection planning or your insurance. Um, you, you may have a bunch of investments that are not inside of a tax shelter like an IRA, a Roth IRA, or a four hundred one k, and because of that really they're more accessible to creditors and so you need to make sure that that has an impact on how you're selecting your own liability coverage you know when you're picking the right car insurance or homeowners insurance does it make sense to add an umbrella policy a lot of it has to do with what is at risk in your financial life Mm -hmm. and you need to understand that not all investment accounts are created equally they're not all protected the same way we're going to get into other areas, other ways that your financial, that the different areas of your financial life are connected. We could do a full, you know, 10 shows on this, but we've got more to hit. That and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What are the seemingly uh, kind of unknown or or kind of weird ways that you, a financial choice in one area is going to impact other areas of your financial life. I mean, so it's no surprise. It's like an infinite number of ways. We're going to shine the light on a few of those right now so that you can be more prepared, make better decisions. That's what we're talking about. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. All over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. Okay, so d- financial decisions that uh, you think are just impacting one area that are going to impact another, we're hitting that. Josh brought up 
ways that your investments are connected to your protection plan. Kevin, there's a little bit more that you want to share there. Yeah, well, this is an interesting question because Josh is talking about investments that you may have that are not sheltered from any kind of creditors. Um, so typically a retirement plan, depending on the state that you live in, and this is where I would say know, know the rules that relate to you because some states are community property states, some states are not. Um, some states protect certain types of investment assets and some don't. So, so don't take this as uh, financial advice, but you want to know that. And we actually uh, just met with some clients this week who have some rental properties. And they said they were working with their CPA and their CPA said, listen, as long as you've got an umbrella policy, you don't need to own your rental properties in an entity. Mm. And so... That is advice. Um, I I personally would disagree with that. I think it's important when you own anything, including rental properties, that you determine two things: what is my what is the entity structure that mm -hmm. I own these in, and what is the tax structure that I own these in. Because, I, and I can tell you just uh, true confessions here: I've done some rental real estate stuff, and the easiest way to operate in rental real estate is individually owned. Like I own it. I buy it. I because I'm I've got all the levers in in at at, at my at my behest right here. They're right in front of me. I can do this. I can operate very quickly, very efficiently. It's a little bit less efficient to create the right structures and do them. The problem is um, it's kind of like musical chairs like when the music stops if you don't have it right it's a mess. Mm -hmm. So if if the if I if I slip on a banana peel and I'm gone, and I owned rental properties individually, now it's going through probate mm -hmm. to get to my wife. Mm -hmm. And you say, well, "What are you talking?" Yeah, yep. Yeah. So so I created a mess, and because uh, our days are numbered, but we don't know what that number is, it makes sense to, in my opinion, wear a belt and suspenders. Okay, so let's 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 expand on that. Um, do I need life insurance? I mean, that's an area where that's a that's an answer that you might think. Well, that's just a life insurance decision. No, it depends on how much investments you have. Mm -hmm. Certainly, also depends on what your income is and how much debt you have. Right? Um, do I need long term care insurance? Right. That also is going to now there's more than just am I self insured? There's more to consider with it, but that's one of the considerations. Um, so there's, there's really an infinite number of ways that your, what should your deductibles be mm -hmm. in Michigan? Mm -hmm. Do you need, what, what sort of, um, PIP limits do you need? Yeah, that's right? a great one. Right. So they, these, these decisions you might want to make in haste or really efficiently, just like Kevin said, when you're doing rentals or whatever, that same thing applies when you're trying to get insurance in place. Oh my goodness. I just want that process to be over as quickly as possible, right. but yeah. trying to rush it you might overlook some ways in which you could have improved your decision by understanding the other areas of your financial life. Yeah, that's why when I'm when I'm making a life insurance decision, decision, I say, what is the purpose of the life insurance? Mm -hmm. And that's because it'd be much easier to just talk to the guy in the cubicle next to me and say, hey, dude, how much life insurance do you have? And I'm like, well, I listened to Rave Damsey and he said, uh, I need, uh, you know, 10 times my income. I'm like, well, uh, what if I didn't need 10 times my income? Mm -hmm. Right. What if that's a what, what if that's a horrible metric? Yeah. Uh, so that's where 
a an analysis it, it will tell me and what what would I need it for? Would I need it for estate liquidity? Would I need it to pay off debts? Would I need it to pre-fund unfunded liabilities? Am I getting towards the end of my working career and I have a choice to either buy life insurance from the pension fund or buy life insurance on my own and get get the rewards of being super healthy? Yeah. So there's there's all kinds of factors that go into this, which is why we don't want people making financial decisions in a vacuum. That's exactly right. Uh, you know, we, we sometimes use the analogy also, what are the lenses that you're looking at your financial decisions through? And financial planning provides at least six of them. And we're, we're saying that if you look through only one lens and, and you make a decision just purely based on the tax ramifications and you don't pay attention to the risk management element, you know, going back to Kevin's example of the, the rental properties, you're, you're doing something for ease of of operations, but you're leaving some exposure there. If the wrong event occurs and it unravels part of your financial life, just because you didn't look at it from all the right angles, then obviously that's where major regret happens. Uh, we were, since we were just talking talking about uh, protection planning or how you make your insurance decisions, I think this was just mentioned or touched on, but your uh, present financial position, how well you have your house in order right now from a budgeting standpoint, do you have the right emergency funds in place, the right cash reserves, all of that can have an impact on the decisions that you might want to make with your insurance. Take your home and auto, for example, maybe you could afford to have a little bit higher deductibles and maybe it saves you some significant premiums every single year. And that's your reward for just maintaining that rainy day fund uh, just in case you have a you know, an accident of some sort that you cause or a major problem with the house. Or what if you have a couple credit cards where the balance is pretty close to the limit and your credit score is a little bit lower than what you'd otherwise hope? That's going to impact. That's, that's, mm -hmm. an, that's a way that your present financial position is going to impact your protection planning because you're going to pay more potentially for your home and auto insurance and possibly even life insurance if your credit score is not great. So uh, let's let's turn to an obvious one, but we got to hit it. And that is retirement and taxes. Yeah. I mean, so so the question would be, all right, I'm at retirement. I need three grand a month out of my investments to supplement my Social Security. OK, that sounds like a retirement planning decision. It's a tax decision. Right. And then it obviously also influences. Well, how are your investments structured? Mm -hmm. So I expand on that, Josh. Well, I think this is maybe one of the the biggest uh, surprises to a lot of people as they transition into retirement in their minds, my life's going to be so much easier. It's going to be more simple from a tax standpoint when I get to retirement. But in reality, there's potentially way more moving parts in your financial life and therefore more impact on your, your tax picture. Think about social security. Not everybody pays tax on their social security income. It all depends on what their other sources of income are. And some of that is discretionary. You know, you get to decide whether or not you pull money out of that IRA and add more income to your tax return. That could be just enough extra income that now all of a sudden you are having to count more and more of your Social Security. So the decisions that you make in retirement with your cash flow, it, it can have widely varying impact on your tax picture from year to year. I'm fixated on the comment that you mentioned. That's right. I mean, a lot of times people think, well, I stop working, I get to retirement, and taxes are easy. And that's not true. And why? Well, 
one of the reasons is you've got more choice. You've got more choice as to how much money to draw and where to draw it from. And that choice, even though it creates some potential complexity, that's a good thing. You want to have tax diversification. You want to have dollars in different accounts that have that have varying tax treatment so that you can look and say, well, we might want to buy a vehicle this year or next year. Stop waving that finger at me, Kevin. Uh, and therefore, which account should we take it out of? We're going to sp- expand on that. And we've got more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Are your investment decisions, do they impact your estate plan? What about you know your retirement decisions? Does that influence your estate plan? Are those areas connected? We're going to help you with that so that you can make better decisions. That is what we're hitting right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for, thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFC studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of The Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Search The Wise Money Show on YouTube. Subscribe to it there. Every episode, but also lots of other content, Next Wise Step videos and other uh, other content is right there as well. So make sure you subscribe and turn on notifications so you're made aware every time we share new content with you. Okay, so we're talking about the various ways that your financial life is interconnected. Mm-hmm. where you might think you're making a decision in one area, but it has implications, it impacts, or you should consider multiple other areas in order to make the very best decision. Josh probably says this better than anyone else, that hopefully, hopefully you, when you're going to make a financial decision, you've got lots of choices. We like having lots of choices, flexibility. But knowing among those good choices, which one is a great choice, which one is the best choice, that's through comprehensive financial planning. It's through looking at all six areas of your financial life and evaluating those choices with how they're going to impact these other areas. What? Yeah. Okay. No, you're smiling. I, I'm at smiling. It. <laughs> I can't help it. I, I, I'm, I'm just kind of tickled because I'm thinking of a good friend of mine, Eric. That's that is his real first name, and he came in and um, wasn't a client, but. Uh, came in and he said, hey, I, where's that Mike Bernard guy? He, he was talking about how all of these financial professionals in your life need to be talking to each other and working together. And I love that idea. Huh. Um, and and, and so, you said, that was my idea, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Mike just said it, but listen, that was, that was me. Right. Well, that's what I tell people. Like, hey, if you love the Wise Money Show, let me know. And yes. if you don't, yeah. let Mike Bernard give some, know. Give some feedback to Mike. <laughs> yeah. All right. What are some of the other areas then? Let, let's let's talk let's talk through it. What are some of the other ways that your financial life is connected more than you might think? Well, you know, we were just talking about estate planning and the the implications that um, your your choices on what's going to happen with your stuff when you're done with it or what's left over at the end of your retirement someday. You know, you get to choose things like who who's the next steward going to be of those assets? Uh, who is the beneficiary that you're going to select to receive whatever the extras are in your life? And uh, so when, when it comes to estate planning, depending on how you have your investments structured, you may have an easy time of passing those assets on to the next generation, or you might need to do some a little bit a little bit more elaborate planning. Things like trusts or adding a a transfer on death designation to some of your taxable investment accounts. The the point here is the the more investments you have, and the more that they are widely scattered around the countryside, 
the more work you've got on your hands to make sure that you're leaving all of your affairs in order so that uh, if, God forbid, you know, today was your last day, what kind of situation are you leaving behind for your loved ones? This is where I would say present financial position is directly connected to your estate plan because the very first thing that happens when someone passes away and that someone being the person who previously organized the finances, the loved ones that are left behind, whether that's a spouse or, or kids or whatever, are immediately thinking, where is everything? Mm-hmm. Where is everything? And you're pr- pr- one of the responsibilities, one of the things that you should be doing, your CFP should be doing for you in your present financial position is creating that inventory. You might otherwise know it as a as a balance sheet or a net worth statement, but it should be up to date. Kevin often says, this is one of the main ways that your financial life is decisionable, is if, mm-hmm. you, if you have this inventory organized and kept up to date where, yep, these are all the bank accounts we have. These are all the investment accounts we have. These, this is the life insurance we have. This is the stuff that we own. This is the stuff, or this is where we owe money. And it all is right here on this sheet. Because no matter how simple you make your financial life, the truth is you are going to have multiple financial institutions. I love something that Kevin and some of our other advisors have been innovating and, and doing with many clients these days. Um, so I'm maybe teeing this up for you to explain, Kevin. Sure. But uh, you've often recognized that if one spouse passes away and they happen to be the one who does manage most of the finances for the, the family, it, it may be that some of the, the knowledge that goes with them are things like, yeah, how do I log into this account or, or where is the money all scattered? So, so yes, having an inventory is great, but then the details of even something as simple as how do I get into my passwords or how do I log into these accounts um, is, is incredibly important to have already teed up and organized for your surviving spouse. Absolutely. So when you use – a lot of people – have their financial life in a digital format now. So think about your 401k, your bank, your 529, your IRA, your Roth IRA, all these these various places that you might have money or your credit cards or your mortgage or your life insurance, all of these things. Typically, you've got an online login. And so one one of the assets that you have to steward and protect is your digital assets. Mm. So in order to uh, protect your digital assets, you want to use, uh, we recommend uh, LastPass, but there are a number of different password managers, but I would encourage you have a great password manager. I think for LastPass, um, I think as a couple, you can share it across all your devices for like 36 bucks a year. That is that is money well spent, mm-hmm. and what ha- what has to happen? And because we were actually just talking about this, I think about you know your financial life is not an operating system; it's an operating system of different operating systems. So, right. how do I operate my digital assets and make it so that it's 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 easily usable while I'm alive, but when I'm gone, it's easily usable by my spouse. And so it's not just that, but you want an operating system for your cash flow. You want an operating system for how you manage debt. You want an operating system for how you pay your insurance premiums. Do I do, I do uh, paid in full, whether it's home and auto? It could be life insurance. It, I get a discount if I pay up front 
versus paying monthly. So all of the, the various systems of your financial life, you want to have operating systems and kind of um, wrestle through what is what is my theology of digital assets and, and how do I do this and do I have it on my laptop? Do I have it on my phone? Do I have it on both? And so really with this one, with, with your password manager, you probably want it on your laptop and on your phone because then you'll be willing to generate a secure password and use it. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm just sitting here listening and thinking, okay, if if I had passed away yesterday, what is being left behind? And I think even if you are already really well organized in your financial life, there may be some areas that still need to get cleaned up or need to be communicated more clearly. And that's really what the function, the activity, the discipline of financial planning drives in your financial life. It identifies those areas that are maybe uh, not as organized, not as uh, well planned as they need to be. And so if you if you can take a more planful approach uh, with your your financial life, I think that might be the the number one uh, thing you should be focused on right now. Estate planning and taxes. We, we touched on it earlier when Kevin said that an individual who is who is looking at their tax picture saying, hey, I'm not paying any tax and that, and that is, is excited about that. But then when you look at how much assets they have, you say, well, wait a second, you, you should be doing something because someone's going to pay the tax on that. Let me just ask you guys a question. If you were to inherit dollars, it's a blessing, what account would you want to inherit? Like in, in what order? Like what, how would you rank them? How would you prioritize? Roth IRA. Roth yeah. IRA yep. first. Yep. Because when you inherit it, it's not taxable and you've got a, a little bit of runway. You can let that account grow for another 10 years before you have to take that money out. So there's going to still be that tax deferred growth for another 10 years. So Roth IRA for sure. Yeah. And, the, and then um, maybe a non-IRA, non-qualified account, right? Yeah, if, as long as they, step up in cost as long basis. as that step up in cost basis is still there. Yeah, as long as it wasn't gifted to me on grandpa's deathbed. Right. Because if it's gifted to me, his basis was also gifted to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if I inherit it, I inherit it at the date of death value because of the step up. And then, you know, not last. I mean, again, you're still grateful to receive an inheritance, but... IRA or pre-tax is not the highest on the list. It would be because yeah. it's going to have you're going to have to pay tax on it. Yeah. You're going to have to draw the money out over ten years and pay tax on at it. whatever tax bracket you happen to be in. And it is it's always that unfortunate story when you know that a, a client is inheriting money, going to pay tax on all these dollars that could have been paid. Uh, you know, they could have been taxed at a lower rate by the prior generation that that left them behind. Uh, you, you really you, you want to leave behind assets that have either already been taxed, the tax will get wiped out, uh, or you just know that you're you're leaving it behind in a fashion that it's not going to damage the recipient. So you might say, well, that sounds, Mike, a little greedy. How do you want to receive your inheritance? No, I'm asking that question for you. Mm-hmm. How do you want to leave your inheritance? And if it's that same order, what decisions could you make in your financial life to set it up as much that way as is reasonably possible. Mm -hmm. Now, had a family that we've served for a long time, mom, a a widow, uh, has struggled with her health for a long time. And and it was time last fall. And 
she was waiting for a heart transplant and other things. And it just, we just, finally doctors said, this is going to happen. And my last call with her was full of emotion, but it was also what strategies do we need to do? Mm-hmm. And it was okay. The kids that are inheriting this, the two, here's their tax situation. Should you choose to pay some tax right now so they don't have to? Mm-hmm. And it was yes. And we converted eighty grand. Conversion? Yeah, we mm-hmm. converted eighty grand the week before mom passed. Mm-hmm. So, it, so your taxes have to be, you know, part of tax planning has to be part of your estate planning yeah. for sure. We and we had a similar situation where uh, unexpectedly, dad died. And so we're meeting with mom and saying, hey, listen, we haven't done this in the past, but it probably makes sense. Now, this is the last year you're going to file a joint return Mm -hmm. to push things up through the next tax bracket. Mm -hmm. And and it did make sense. Yep. And the great thing was the the kids were involved with that decision and it was unanimous. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone endorsed it. Mm -hmm. So. She was probably going to be in a higher tax bracket forever into the future, and yep. you're taking advantage of that last great year of relatively low taxes, and and certainly the same would have been true for the kids as well. That's great multi generational planning. There. Here, here's the deal, guys. This is some of these areas that we talked about. You might say, "Yeah, I knew that, and I knew that one too, and I knew that one too." But but there was there's an infinite number of ways that your financial life is interconnected, and it's impossible for us to hit all of the ways, but your situation is unique. It's unique to you. So make sure you're working with a CFP who's looking at those areas to help you make bring synergy to your financial life. On behalf of Josh, Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. And I wanted to say this, uh, so it'll just be bonus content, but um, I've been preparing for this show for 28 years. Yes. <laughs> so uh, just so you know. And I've been preparing for like... 28 minutes. <laughs> Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.